Welcome to episode 180 of your best year starts here with Nigel Risner and my exceptionally brilliant friend, Neil Martin. And Nigel, you are actually here this time. I'm back from Florida. I'm back from some work. I'm back from some vacation. I'm back working. I'm actually working harder than I thought I should be working. <laughs> but what's interesting, and I said to you off camera as such, that I've had two different events over two different days, which is often what happens in the way of work that you do an event or you do a transaction, whether you're an estate agent or in marketing, whatever. And you are phenomenal and everything goes to plan. And then you think you've mastered it. So yesterday I was in the glorious Norfolk. uh, I mean, believe me, in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) And what seemed like a very easy journey was miles. And what was interesting is that I was the closing speaker after lunch and everyone stayed, which was quite nice because normally in the school world, people normally go after lunch. And everything that I did landed and it was phenomenal. That's me saying it was one of those events where every joke landed and every line worked, et cetera, et cetera. And the problem is you then feel you're a bit invincible. And what happens is that when you've done a phenomenal job for a client, you think when you go to your next piece of work, which I did this morning at the London University of Holloway or the Holloway London University, and I was working with some amazing people who maintain and are in charge of estate management for universities. Mm-hmm. But they're, nor- they're in charge of um, equipment, not people. The day before, were, pe- in pe- were as an event of people in charge of people. Mm-hmm. So one event was about leadership, and one event was about management of things. And so you naturally walk in with an air of expectation that it's going to be really easy, and you're going to everything is going to work. And the two speakers before me, and I'm okay if the client ever hears this, they did their two speeches in about nine minutes. Which kind of combined, yeah. And I, and I was after the coffee break. They'd only just had coffee. And they had to do another coffee break because these two people finished really early. So I then had a longer to do on a session to people who are used to dealing with equipment, not people. And the energy sucked. And it was an enormous room. And I had a clip mic which didn't really work from a verberation point of view. And the slides didn't quite work because. There was a any whatever everything that couldn't have worked didn't quite work, but that's the way life is. Yep. And what people have got to remember is because you were phenomenal the day before, doesn't mean you're going to be phenomenal today. And if you suck the day before, it doesn't mean you're going to suck today. And you have to take it on. You have to take on board that the situation, the environment, the people, the personal circumstances of the people you're with will affect your energy and theirs. And as much as you and I would say we direct the energy. Mm -hmm. That's not quite true because there's such a massive energy field in a room that because they weren't playing and I was having to work harder, I started pushing. Yep. And when you try and push success, it pulls back on you. And when you just go with success, it it travels the same way with you. So for everyone listening, bear this in mind, and we've used this phrase before, you know, success and failure doesn't last. And you'll say, and it shall pass. The problem is you have to remember that each day is a new day. 
So your one day or day one is very true. Yep. So this was day one, not one day or another event. This was day one. Yep. And I need to lift my game and not feel I need to push. And the minute you go from, we've spoken about this before, that if you come from scarcity and you're desperate to get the sale, you're not going to get it. And if you come from abundance, and if I had have relaxed 5% more, I think it would have come across, but I was pushing 5% more instead of just allowing the energy to be there. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is I've spoken to the event organizers. They loved it. Yep. The problem is I didn't feel it. Yep. So I was pushing. So when you're working with a client, remember that if you know the reason they've come to you is because you've got some knowledge and experience. If you're in a stage station, the reason they've come to you to sell their house is because you've sold other houses. Yeah, yeah. You've sold other houses. Yeah. They haven't just gone down the street and thought, oh, this looks a nice phone. <laughs> their, their shop window looks great. I don't dispute that energy creates energy, but we've got to trust ourselves that we just need to be us. Yep. So you know, I've done 3,000 presentations of which 95% have worked really well. And I've now realized that the 5% that haven't worked is because I've tried too hard to do something the audience wasn't ready for. And again, it goes back to, you know, if I'd have just trusted myself just to be natural, I probably would have got a different result. Ironically, they loved it in the end. But if you'd have been an outsider watching, you'd have thought, boy, did he struggle. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's interesting one of the things that i've done a couple of times on stage and this is you know this is relevant to anyone that gives presentations really um which i don't know how many of our audience actually do but one of the um one of the things i've done a few times is if i follow like other speakers and it's fairly dry but those speakers have done a q a because quite often the dry I, I don't know why but quite often drier speakers seem to do a q a at the end i don't know why they just do i don't normally do a q a at the end right and and I know you don't normally do a and a at the end, you know, it's... I never do a Q&A at the end. But that's kind of my point, right? And um, But I've gone on stage a couple of times and gone, right, okay, just so you're prepared for this, what I'm going to be doing with you over the next 45 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, whatever the time frame is, is kind of like a reverse Q&A session. And they all kind of look like, what's a reverse Q&A session? It's like, I've watched... All of you in the last few presentations, you've only really come to life when it's been time for you to ask questions. Well, I'm going to be the one asking the questions and I need you to come as much to life as you did when you got to ask them. And I just well, use and I just use that little frame that's like, you know, for you to get the most out of this, it, it is a Q&A session, but I'm the one asking the questions. So make sure you're paying attention and you're ready to answer because I might even pick on some of you individually. You know, and that's that's one thing I've I don't really know where I came up with the idea from. It just came out of my mouth one day with a really cold audience or what felt like a cold audience. And I'd been sat at the back of the room for the whole event. But it worked. You, well, you see, you now they weren't necessarily a cold audience. What happens is they're not the audience we were expecting. Yeah. That's no different to prospecting that we feel they should be a certain type because it's worked in the past. Yeah. So everyone who's listening recognize we have different clients, not difficult clients. You're going to have people who have a different experience. You know, and it, I'm not going to go to left brain, right brain, but people who are massively left brain and who are analytical, they can't just volunteer. They can't shout out because they need to really sink in the information. So I had people who are mechanical lift engineers today. Okay. Yep. They are deep thinking. Who are they looking? <laughs> at, you know, they were looking after universities through COVID. 
yep. where they had to keep 4,000 toilets going. They had to keep thousands of acres of estate management going. Well, they're not going to be jumping up for joy and jumping on tables and volunteering. Yesterday's audience were totally different. They couldn't stop volunteering. Right? It was it was hard to calm everyone down. Yep. So what I've got to recognise and what I think we all need to recognise is Different strokes, different folks. But more importantly, don't assume that because yesterday was good or bad, today's going to be the same. Yep. And breathe occasionally and allow there to be some silence in the room. I think lots of people get confused in a pitch that if there's too much silence, people will think that they're either nervous or they don't understand. When there's a bit of silence, it allows the audience to think, cogitate, digest, Mm -hmm. um, really understand what's going on. And to take some notes. Oh, I, I so, think I think in any any kind of presentation or conversation, sometimes the most powerful bits, the most power is in the pause. The power is in. I've never said it like that before, but the power is in the pause. I might even write that one down. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it, it, it's that space. It's that gap. That's actually where the power is. You know, you you say something and you give people time to think about it. You ask a question and you let them think of the answer. You know, if you if you ask a question, you immediately ask another one. They haven't answered the first one yet. You got to give well, them a little bit that, of time. That was my inexperience in the very beginning. You know, I'd ask the audience, you know, what's seven and seven? And I'd be, they were still thinking about, it and I'd answer the next question. You know, if you ask a question and there's a fifty percent of your audience need to think about it. Yeah. You know, to me, the answer is fourteen seven plus seven. That's close enough. Thirteen fourteen. But there are people who are thinking of the exact answer. If you then go too fast while they're still thinking, they've now missed the next part and they're late for the rest of it. And then they feel discombobulated. That's a big word, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. I've no idea how to spell it. I don't know what it means. (laughs) But here's the point. For everyone who's listening, and I'm going to keep saying this, be aware that yesterday is yesterday and today is today. And recognize it won't always work what you're doing. It doesn't mean you're a failure. Mm -hmm. Because... I, I know sometimes you know I'm responsible to the audience, not for the audience. So I'm going to share my best stuff. There are times they're just not going to get it. Mm-hmm. There's a chance your client won't buy what you're having to sell. It doesn't mean what you're selling is crap. What it means is they're either not ready or today just wasn't a good day. Yep. And if you sold every single thing you ever put to market, your prices are too low. Yep. And you need to recognize you can't have 100% success in everything. Yep. As Steve Wright said, if you if you got everything in life, where would you put it? So you can't have everything. Yeah, you know, you've just got to think that some parts of it is they're not ready, they didn't get the message, they didn't understand, but you're still good enough. Yeah, that's my message for today. Yeah, no, it's it, it's an important one. It's an important one, and I think in particular the yesterday is not today, today is not tomorrow. But you know, you you can start. Uh, it's a bit of a cliche, but you can start your your day again at any point. You know, and if you wake up and, you know, you go, actually, I don't want to get out of bed today. Well, get up anyway. You know, make your bed. Or, or don't get up, but don't moan about it. Yeah, but, you know, but get up, make your bed, get on with it. And who knows, by the time you speak to two or three people, your mood might have changed, right? You know, and, and that can go the other way. You can wake up in a fantastic mood, full of excitement for the day. And the first person you encounter just sucks all the energy out of you, right? That can happen too. But sometimes if our energy is low, actually talking to two or three people can bring it up. 
you know, yeah. lis- listening to other people or going and reading something inspirational or listening to a podcast or an audio book or, you know, there are things we can do that will shift our mood. You know, one of the things that you've said a couple of times in these episodes, um, don't ask me which episode, I mean, we're on 180 now. I never thought we'd get to that. I never thought we'd get this far, but we have. Um, But, you know, somewhere in those episodes, more than once, you've said something along the lines of, you're only allowed to stay angry for seven minutes. Pretty sure it's seven minutes, or you can nine, only, but that's okay. or you can only be in a bad it's, mood for nine. Chelmsford's yeah. obviously quicker than us. Yeah, or you can only be in a bad mood for nine minutes or whatever it is. Yeah. And like that one, I've I've shared that with a whole bunch of people. Like when I've had conversations with people, it's like, well, my mate Nigel, you know, he says it's all right to be in a bad mood, but only for seven minutes or nine minutes, you know, and then you have to come out of it. So you know, if you want to be in a really bad mood, you go ahead, but you can only stay there for the next ten minutes, and then you've got to be done. Is that all right? You know, and and I know for me, you know, being really honest and vulnerable here for a minute, I know for me, I have days where I'm like, you know, what's the point? Like, I can be doing something. I'm like, what's the point of this thing I'm doing? It's just not working. You know, and I can go on a bit of a downer if I'm not careful. But I've also been doing the things I do long enough to know, hang on, there are certain things that can lift me back out of this. There are, you know, I can make some phone calls. I can read some old testimonials. I can go for a walk or a run or, you know, there are things I can do that will shift the way I'm feeling and then come back to what I was doing with a fresh set of eyes. You know, because very often the thing that I think keeps us trapped is we're too focused on this narrow thing and whatever we're doing isn't working right now and we're still focused on this narrow thing. You know, go do a wider thing and then come back to the narrow thing and you come at it fresh and you come at it differently and you come at it with a different perspective. You know, and very often the thing you've been stuck on for a day, a week, a month, even a year with the right like um, perspective on it, it can be shifted in minutes. But it's how do you move yourself to that other perspective? And it's it's sure as hell not staying in the thing you're on, you know, so 100 percent, you know, so if you're if you're listening to this and you're still fed up angry, unhappy, you know, whatever, insert negative emotion here. If you've been listening to us for the last 13 minutes and you still feel like that, you know, well, your, your nine minutes are up, actually. <laughs> well, what you, what you need to do at this point is go make yourself a cup of tea, watch, watch, depending on what time of day it is, watch some NAF TV and then listen to the next episode and I'll see you next week. My yeah, we'll see you soon. Your best shit, it starts right here.